Hello, good evening, and welcome to The Game is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and joining me tonight are Ram and Milo. Hello, gentlemen. Hi, Steph. Hello, Steph. Hello, chaps. And look, we're all musically inclined, right? So, uh, look, I think before we get going, something I thought I'd like to do was to uh, ask uh, ask you to give me your favourite Spurs song to sing from the terraces and maybe come up with one you're most looking forward to singing in the future. Go on, Ram. Ah, oh, there's quite a few that I love to sing, but I'm just... I'm going to do one that was for one one moment only and one season only maybe, but it was the uh, it was the two chance um, the L A L A L A chance one after huh? City and the one after um, Ajax. Oh, um, you know the one where they go like City thought they'd won it um, yeah. uh, that one, and then and then the second one was Ajax thought they won it. Um, it. Just just those moments when we got to sing those, you know, in the terraces. can you sing it? I can. Let me bring. Oh God, the City one was City thought they won it. But Tottenham pulled it back. Wanyama in the middle. Lorente in attack. Sterling scored the winner. The Yeti had went mad. The ref went to the camera. But it was disallowed. Ole, ole, ole. <laughs> Great. I'd completely forgotten about that one. Brilliant. And then there was there was the uh yeah, there was the Ajax one as well. Yeah. Uh which was just as good. Although that that one's got the Y word in it, so uh yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll leave that. But um, but that was just brilliant because we were singing it. I, I watched the Champions League final um in in uh, Mega Lane with sixty thousand people, and we were singing that in the concourses. Oh, it was just brilliant. mass, you know. It was amazing. It was such a good atmosphere. So I'll I'll always love that. And then the um the one I'm most looking forward to seeing, and I don't have lyrics to it, but I was thinking about it when you popped that in, Steph, and I was wondering maybe. It's not highly original, but maybe if Madison proves a success, we can do the Ericsson song. But instead of oh. Ericsson, we do Madison. Madison. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I like that. Very good. Milo? Um, I think my favourite, so not as uh, so more traditional than what uh, Ram suggested, and maybe to listen to more than sing, but um, when the Spurs go marching in, yeah, when, yeah, when, yeah. when sung well, yes. it's just, yeah. it's like, tingles like you know hairs in the back of my neck stand yeah. stand on edge and um and we're the only club that sing it properly so uh, <laughs> and and we're talking about a two choruses slow and a final yeah, no definitely the slow starts. definitely the slow yes. the build up yeah um yeah yeah that's the I arms agree. in the air oh yeah oh Oh, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. And then I love yeah. that bit when, oh, when the Spurs, oh, when the Spurs. Are you, uh, Milo, are you the person who always takes the, the second? Like when everyone else goes, oh, when the Spurs, are you, oh, when the Spurs? Or do you go with the first chorus? I, I couldn't tell you, Steph. I'd, I'd be lost in the moment. Brilliant. <laughs> love it. So, Top I, yeah, no, I, think, I, I think, I think I'd rather. I think I'd rather be the second line, but yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, the, so, so yeah, that's, Love it. that's, that's my favorite to hear in the stadium. I think it just, and that's that slow build up to it and everything. Yeah. Um, and, and the hairs are standing up on my uh, arms. As yeah. I, said that. I agree. It's a good and, one. It's fucking the best. And yeah. one to sing what, I mean, I've, I've been, I've been doing a one man campaign to try and get this, this started with a, a new sunny song. With um, they tried to make him go to rehab, but he said no, no, no. And um, would you sing it just so as we can hear it? It might catch up. Um, just the I, chorus. No, I'm not going. I'm not. Gonna, so I have got. Okay. I have. I have worked out lines. I'm saying it's not. Um, 
So, yeah, they tried to make a go to the rehab, but he said, no, no, no. When he attacks, there's no coming back. You're no, no, no. Son's in his prime. Our daddy (laughs) thinks he's fine. They tried to make him go to rehab, but he won't go, go, go. I think it'd be brilliant. Make him go to rehab. And he said, no, no, no. no, no." I like it. I could do that. Yeah, yeah. When he attacks. There's no coming back. There's no coming back. You'll know, no, no. You'll know, no, no. Sonny's in his prime. And our daddy thinks he's fine. He's fine. They tried to make him go to rehab. But he won't go, 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 go. You have to send us the lyrics. And the next time the three of us are on, let's let's have this practice and give it a burst. And let's get the game is about glory to initiate. I'll get the guitar out. It's going to be like the, the t- 2023 Chaz and Dave and yeah. John or something. I'll be the prick with the guitar. No, no, no. You'll be the legend with the guitar. Uh, I'll be one of the pricks trying to sing in tune and Milo will be the, the, the writer. So we'll have it all. That'd be great. Anyway, I think it's, I think it's better than Nice One Sunny. I like, I, I, I agree. And, I, and yeah. I'm serious. We should try and get this one together before the beginning of the season. <clears throat> I've got, I mean, so many songs. I, I'd sing anything. I'm, I'm, I, I love, I love a good old sing song, but you know, I mean, the Nicola Birdie was always a classic, yeah. right? It was an excellent Nicola Birdie and glory, glory and everything. But I've got to say, the more I thought about it, um, we've got Ali, Delhi Ali was always yeah. a favorite. I just loved it. Cause oh, I love, yeah. I love the player. I loved him. The Potch yeah. song, obviously I loved, but the one I'm going to go with, I because know. it's, so cheeky is Toby, 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 Toby out of where all Yan, 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 Just an ad infinite, as, as long as you can keep it going whilst balancing a pint in yeah. uh, each hand, actually, <laughs> pumping your hands with the pints. Oh, my word. I took my daughter, uh, you know, to, um, oh, it would have been Cardiff away, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or was it Swan? Who was it? Was it Swansea or Cardiff? It could have been either, actually, in recent years. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. That was Cardiff. It was Cardiff. I thought. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, so and she, you know, she was still um, like thirteen or fourteen. Came under the stands, and she was quite nervous. And then she saw I kind of let myself go a little bit, having a good laugh, and she just burst into a fit of laughter. And she joined in, and it was a, <laughs> it was great, great. And I, I really hope we sign. Mickey Van der Ven, just so as we can see. La 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 la. Mickey Van der Ven, Van der Ven. You could do that. Yeah. I like, but I've got to say, la 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 la. Mickey Van der Ven, Van der Ven. Mickey Van der Ven. I must admit, Steph, I'm a bit shocked. I thought you'd be, I thought your song was going to be the Eric Dyer. It's the love affair over. Classic. I love Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer loves me. But um, in in the interest of moving the pod along, um, you know, he was slated to get his first preseason action today. But sadly, Sunday's friendly against Leicester in Bangkok was cancelled because of a waterlogged pitch caused by torrential rain, which is what usually waterlogs pitches, to the best of my knowledge, uh, just before kickoff. Um, Indeed, there was a video circulating which showed the ball splatting instead of bouncing off the saturated sod. And when I say saturated sod, I mean bouncing off the turf, not any individual in particular. Um, So, chaps, how much will this impact uh, on Angie's preparation for the new season? I mean, it's not ideal, is it? It, it, Of course disrupt whatever flow we were hoping to generate from the run of games and sort of the training around them um and obviously it's you know it's the travel as well that you've got to think about but i'd like to think we would try to arrange some replacement game time even if it's behind closed doors but the new season is 
looming, so we'd have to be have to be, think quickly about that. I I believe there's a couple of behind closed doors games oh, slated okay. for when we return from um yeah from the tour so from mm. singapore um and there, there was one we had one against i think cambridge united before we went out there so there, there have been some behind closed doors games right i mean i think in terms of this one we stayed out in perth for a little while after the west ham game and had training sessions out there partly because of the weather in in thailand so um that's been a consideration i think yeah the game's you know predominantly around trying to <laughs> exposure in those parts of the world where the games are being played you know, fitness for the players, getting a look at people. I think probably the biggest impact on this is the players who um, are on the fringes and are most likely to go because it gives them less opportunities to show what they can do. I think in this one already, Andrew was the the word was that the players who started were going to play sixty minutes, and then the subs were going to be later on in the game than we saw against West Ham. So I think we're you know we're already beginning to see what what you know what the, the fir- a first team taking shape there, and I think. You know, and Dembele obviously was very unlucky with his injury before the West Ham game. But it's hard to see where those opportunities come now. I mean, even if uh, they play on Wednesday, it's not a game that I'd imagine they're going to put a lot of weight on in terms of in terms of performances because of because of the level of, of, of opposition. Mm. I think for Ange, it's a useful exercise to be together. Uh, you know, it's sort of like you're all together. You're in a, a tight group. You, you mean you're on tour? There's no. There's no sort of escape, if you will. There's no sort of going home and switching off. So you, you get to see the habits of, of your squad at close quarters. Um, so, I mean, that's the optimistic view of it, right? Uh, the, the pessimistic view is that we've spent an awful lot of travel time for very little um, competitive, uh, you know, competitive education. Uh, but, you know, I, I, people are complaining, like, you know, why did, it, why did they time this, at, you know, this, the rainy season in Thailand? So there are commercial concerns to entertain we do have a large um asian and australian following i i think it it was important to try and make this work and i'm sure that they are in some levels you know i mean if if pre-season was just about trying to get the players fit then we wouldn't go on tour we'd spend the time at hotspur away and we'd be doing fitness exercises there we would have played you know a load of behind closed doors friendlies and then we'd have a a few set pieces at the stadium ahead of the season starting that would be the ideal preparation i know when when Potch was with us, he was quite frustrated about some of the some of the tours because he felt that it, we didn't want to do them. But mm. you know, it is about trying to grow the supporter base. It is about trying to pick up new sponsors. I mean, that's that's the reason for it. And yeah. um, I think it's the second time we've been to Thailand, isn't it? And you know, you can see that we're we're targeting you know certain you know certain parts of the world, and mm. and that's that's you know the main reason that- for this. Yeah, and that is the way it is. And I mean, to complain about it, I thought, great, okay, I can complain about social media. It's there. I mean, you know, these, this is something that's a reality. It is a part of modern football, whether we like it or not. And uh, But I will go back. I do think there is at least an advantage in everyone being at close quarters. So I think they're learning from that. I mean, Answer, answer a different question. Why don't you, Steph? <laughs> well, why don't I indeed? No, I mean, it did say how much will this impact Ange's preparation, right? So for Ange, I think it's very important that everyone's together. Right, he gets a, gets to peek in everyone, find out who tries to sneak out after curfew. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Is he? But I wonder. I've got visions of him lurking in the hotel lobby, making sure that nobody's sneaking out for a swift one. I don't know. But earlier in the week, <clears throat> we uh, we lost three two to West Ham in Perth. Um, you know, let, let's just look at that game uh, as an overall. We were going to look at both games 
as one actually before the Leicester game was postponed. So let's just look at this. I think we'll still pick up some of the lessons from these first two games, even though one of them wasn't played. So we'll we'll end up there. But but yes, let's just start. What do we think of the football? It was fun. I enjoyed it. It was good fun. And yeah, I think it was really nice to see us trying to attack. And yeah, there's lots. Yeah, there's lots more to discuss about how we were doing that, and that's you know that's really interesting, and you know how it's taking shape. But just on a kind of you know ninety minutes, it was fun. It really was fun, and it. Uh, I think that's the first time in a very long time I've actually had fun watching us play. You know, and that's that was my remit at the end of last season. I said I yes. just want to enjoy watching us again, and already. In our first preseason game, I can see that you know I can see the difference. I think it was it Ricky who said in our chat, or it was one of you guys said, um, we we had more attacking play in that game than we did have did in the whole of last season. <laughs> um, and it it was you know like the the result to me didn't actually really matter. You know, West Ham a bit further into their preseason, and and we were kind of just this is our first opportunity to showcase um you know what what Ange's bringing to the table and um and the players you know that that will will kind of work on his through his tactics and it was fun it was great it the, if we if we had run out 11 three winners in that game I that that wouldn't have been an unfair result you know we had that many chances so on one hand I'm like the worry was that oh well maybe we should be taking our chances but it was the first game of pre-season there were two separate teams out each half um you know we were we were caught, caught short at the back and but that was to be expected so all these sort of things that we, we knew we knew what we, we you know what we're going into um obviously Anne still would prefer to upgrade um on on the defense and and we were we were caught short and you know West Ham uh caught us a couple of times and scored from it um but yeah I I had a really good time watching it yeah I mean I think what what I think what Milo and I were both getting at, and I think you have uh, sort of like confirmed, is that you know, nobody cared about the result. The result was unimportant, especially mm. when juxtaposed against the football we played. And this this goes back. I enjoyed the game as much as both of you did uh, for all the reasons you've just stated. And it, it goes back to that, you know, my one, my, my mantra, it seems currently every pod and I'll bore everyone shitless with it, which is that 40 minutes at Anfield last season in the second half was my favourite time of the season. It was kind of that sort of thing. You, you're just so happy to see the team play as mm. you want Tottenham Hotspur to play. And what a pleasure it was. My favourite part of last season was the final whistle at the end of the Leeds game. Sure. That, yes, I, 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 I agree with that. But, you know, in ter- exactly. But in terms of the football, it's just nice to see us take on the philosophies that we all, you know, believe this club is about. And, you know, look, uh, Milo has been, um, you know, going on for some time uh, after his Postacogli research that we could look forward to this. Um, and it's nice to see the realisation. And that's what mm. I felt we, we really saw in this game. We saw it realised. And yeah. now we'll get into the, the tactical surprises. So uh, uh, if, if there were any, I don't know, were there any? I mean, is this any different to how we expected a Postacoglu side to line up? I think my, my Milo could probably we'll go into more detail with this. So I'll be just short and sweet. For me, there weren't any because Milo already told us how we were going <laughs> to play and line, line up. And, and so there weren't uh, surprises at all. Maybe a couple of players that we didn't expect to be straight into the starting eleven, but that's it. But yeah, I think Milo will have a much more fastidious approach. <laughs> I have a surprise, but I think Milo should get him first and then I'll see if my <laughs> surprise still stands. So in, in terms of tactics... No, it's, it's pretty much exactly how they're expecting us to line up. It's you know pretty much exactly what I've been saying he would do since he was appointed, or you know since he was linked. 
um, very, very similar to what he was doing at Celtic last year. So, you know, fullbacks tucking into midfield as we, uh, in the first um, you know, stages, we're trying to progress the ball up the, pit, up the field. Uh, number eight's pushing right up into the, into the half spaces. Winger staying wide. Yeah, pretty much all as you'd expect. And um, I think on the whole, considering they've only been training with him for two weeks, I thought, you know, everyone knew their roles pretty well. There's, there's, there's some issues there. I think there's some bits that need fine tuning. Some of it's personnel. Some of it's kind of fits for the system. Um, but yeah, tactically, I thought, I thought it was, um, yeah, pretty much as we expect. I mean, I think kind of the main one for me in the first half, um, and again, it's something I picked up on before was, it was Kane and Kane dropping deep. I thought caused us, caused us problems because it allowed West Ham to defense to push up and that didn't give us the space between the lines to play in. So, um, I think in the second half when Richarlison was leading the line, he's he's on the shoulder of the defender looking to get in behind, which meant that West Ham had to drop deeper, which allowed a lot more space for the eights particularly to operate in because they're yeah, looking there were pockets to, for them to drop could, into. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know, this is the difference from you know what we've had in, in over the last or under the last three managers, where the the plan has been for Kane to drop deep, to pull the defence up and then create the space behind for Sun to run into. Yeah. Now we want our forwards playing high right. and up on those to, to create the space between the opposition midfield and defence for our eights to operate in yeah. um, before joining up. And uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, I've said for a while, I don't think Kane's a great fit for Ange because he wants those number nines pushing up. I thought we saw it in this game. I'm not... I'm not saying that Kane can't do that, but it's not his natural game. You're not getting, you're maybe not getting the best out of him. So if he stays, then we need to find a solution for that. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought the whole, it was really, it was, yeah, pretty much as we expect. I thought, I mean, I think, you know, that is a, a fascinating thing to observe about Kane. And, you know, it is fascinating that in general, when we look at players, and we talked about this with Delhi last week, you know, you do get stuck in seeing players in one, for the one thing they do. And you don't necessarily see the shifts in their what they're you know in their careers in their positions and so forth. And so at this point, the way you've portrayed that that Kane situation is is very interesting. And 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 there's going to be thousands and thousands of supporters who will never see it. But in the in the sense of what we're trying to do as an overall squad and the team, it makes a lot of sense. I do want to posit this before we get on to the new boys. Um, were there any actual surprises in the players? And I'm probably adding that uh, nuance because. I want to say that I was surprised by a couple of things. <laughs> Steph, why don't we take that yeah. after the new boys? Because the question okay. we've got there gotcha. is, is exactly that. So let's okay. park that and come back to it. Okay. All right. So let's park that uh, behind. Uh, what do we think of the new boys? As <laughs> What do we think of should, should Madison, we take them one, Solomon, Vicario, Udoji? Let's, let's take them one by one. You want to do them one by one? Yeah, let's, okay. let's, let's go through like that. And, how, and yeah. So Madison. Okay. Madison, okay. I, I thought, had a quietish game. Uh, he wasn't bad. Um, but... Yeah, I, I thought he was okay. I think he he was definitely a, a player. It would have been interesting to see him with Richarlison. So the, you know, with that more space quite, in, yes. in between the lines, he, he suffered from what we've just you've just been talking about. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I saw flickers. I saw really good little flickers from him. He really has a, a really nice turn and and delivery out wide. I mean, really good pace, really good uh, placement. But we know that about him. So I would say that we learned very little about him in that regard. Uh, so yes, the most intriguing thing would have been to have seen him play in that second half lineup. I agree. Mm. Yeah, I agree with both. I think I, I have no doubt, absolutely no doubt that uh, Madison's going to be a success for us. Yes. Um, but it's just a case of him finding his feet. And, you know, yeah. obviously that was a very good point about Kane dropping back. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see him with Richarlison. I, yeah, I mean, I think one thing that's worth um, picking up on with Madison. So, um, obviously, 
Just to kind of strain back onto the previous one on tactics. So it's a 4 3 3. You know, we saw when we're attacking, it becomes a 2 3 5. Um, and then when we're defending, it's a 4 4 2. And it was Madison and Kane who are the front two, and they're pushing up and pressing on the centre backs. Um, and then, so it's, he's been asked to do quite a lot. I think Kane dropping deep, Madison was trying to fill that space in behind him, but it's not really his natural game. If he's playing as a nine, he's more of a false nine. And, it's, yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah, I think. Um, but I, th- I thought he was fine. He was fine. Uh, and Solomon, who wants to who wants to lead the charge on Solomon? Solomon led the charge in that first half. I don't mind starting off that. I thought he had a good game. Um, mm. I think he's probably got the advantage of having lower expectations than Madison. Um, so, but I thought he, yeah, I thought he did well. He, you know, he was winning some one on ones. Um, you know, we see that he was two footed. We see that he's quick. He's, um, you know, he can beat a man. Um, he had a, you know, a decent shot. And, you know, was creating some chances. So, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good half. And, you know, I think immediately looked, you know, if we think about him coming in to replace what Dan Juma and, and Mora, mm. I know it's a preseason game, but I think he probably showed more than they did. Um, and, yeah, I, I was pretty happy with him. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, one of the other things I really liked about him, um, alongside everything Milo um, said, was uh, trying to get make something under pressure or keep the ball under pressure when we're attacking um you know and getting around a player or like shielding the ball and bringing others into play i think that was something that was really good to see from him as well um but i agree yeah, i thought i thought he had a very good half um i know <clears throat> i mean you can roll roll your raise your eyebrows if you wish at this or roll your eyes i i'm I, performance wise you're absolutely right both of you one thing i have been trying to see with him in all those little snippets and social media clips i'm trying to see how he's sort of clicking in with the squad and, mm. and how he's and who he's fitting with and 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 is he's sort of his friend group i suppose if you will and i've noticed he seems very serious and he seems a little shy um and i i wonder if like you know that's gonna he's gonna ease in a little more he seems very i mean exceptionally serious and that could just be when the camera's on though couldn't it we don't know what he's like away from that it could be. I'm, I'm. I'm just saying that you know. Usually, social media is very happy to show you know that the lightly lads or whoever they are with their arms around each other and smiling. And there's just not been much of that. But look, maybe he's. I mean, it is a big. It's a big move for him. Yeah. And it is a big club. And actually, I will say, I think there is an extra pressure for him because he's the first Israeli player we've had at Tottenham yeah, that, for over yeah. three decades since Ronnie, right? Since Ronnie Rosenthal. And I'm sure there's pressure. But there's a lot mm. of promise there. And I do think once that there are a couple of moments his decision making, you may be held onto it a little too long. But that's really churlish criticism i mean you'd have to say it's an absolute bargain of bargains and, and everything you said about over lucas and dan juma 100 he looks mm. like he's really gonna add some fizz to whatever we need whenever we need it i mean i think in terms of friendship groups he's been wheeled out with vicario a couple of times um by the club which is hilarious okay. because solomon is what yeah. five foot seven and vicario yeah. is six foot three and the two of them <laughs> next to each other there's a really nice kind of odd couple um i'd I do think actually with Solomon, you know, again, it's another point I've made before, but um, our wide players don't particularly like staying wide. And that's, again, is an issue with this system. And I think Solomon did look happy staying wide. So, you know, if you put Sonny into that, Sonny's going to want to cut in a lot more. And he's actually not for it. He's not as good at beating a man from a standing start as Solomon is. Um, So, you know, Sonny wants space to run into. So, yeah, I I, I think from that and, you know, fit for the system. Yeah, great. Very encouraging. And you can really see him having a very productive impact off the mm. bench if that's the way he's going to be used, or even if he does come in and start, uh, you know, d- d- when he has to. So I would agree. Okay, uh, Vicario. 
I'm happy to go first. Uh, just uh, I don't want to be one of those hosts that goes first and then answers his own question all the time. No, I you, will go in this first. Particular you, you go first, Steph, because I think I've got some answers, yeah. but I think I need you to go first so I can answer them. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, with the caveat that, you know, look, any evaluation of these players on like 45 minutes uh, is is really being quite quite stiff but that's what we do right we're, we're we're supporters we're fans that's what we do i um there were two things about him that stood out as negatives to me or things to work on number one i felt he was a bit of a vampire uh in terms of there he was not coming for anything um that worried me a little bit and the other thing was i did i, I think i expected more from his feet than i got um and some of his distribution uh, i thought was was actually not great and uh you know even when he was played an awkward pass under pressure um he sort of fluffed it uh well he fluffed it for the corner that led to the first goal which you know is not that was nothing on him so i suppose being a negative those are two things i wasn't impressed with he did make a really smart low save um so the jury's still out for me and that's fair i mean 45 minutes you know with a weird defence in front of him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just on that corner briefly, I think it was a back pass from Porro and it was very bobbly. Mm. And um, he controlled it with his right. Um, and it was a bit, his first touch was a bit heavy, but it was a, a bouncing ball that was coming back to him. And then when it, because it was a poor, a poor first touch or you know, difficult first touch, he then tries to pass out with his left foot under pressure. So I, I think he's, I think he gets a bit of a pass for that because of the bad pass from Porro. Um, and on the crossing, um, our setup at set pieces defensively was the same as we were using last season. And that's exactly the same as Larice would have done under that. And I think post match. Really? Yeah, it was. So I remember Larice coming for a lot of. No, no, season. no. Larice stays on his line. And in terms of, uh, yeah, how we were, how we were lining up at, um, set pieces was the same routines or same positioning as we were doing last season and and did say in the pro- post-match press conference that they hadn't had a chance to work on that yet I think I had the same concerns as you Steph in terms of his footwork and just yeah I, I think maybe I expected maybe I expected him to be like an Allison or an Edison straight away or something like that but I suffer from the same issues yeah. you do there expecting <laughs> yeah. too much and it's really churlish <laughs> to criticize him yeah. I feel like yeah, a dick totally. for doing it actually I really do yeah uh, yeah know, because no, as exactly. Milo said there's obviously tactical reasons for doing it and you know that well, those I mean, no, I don't think there are tactical reasons for doing it. They haven't got around to coaching that part of it yet. I mean, um, Ange said, that's, you know, post-match. That's post tactical reason yeah. for me. Well, <laughs> you know, so, so it's just a hangover. They're just doing what they were doing before. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, I think you could see that um, with the goal from the corner where it, you know, I think just that, you know, they hadn't worked on stuff. You know, that's that second goal. Um <laughs> Yeah, Jaffet, Jaffet, Jaffet should have got closer. That you know, he's, he's come through the gap between Poro and, and Jaffet, and, yeah. and Jaffet could see all of that and should have got closer. And he wasn't, he wasn't covering yeah. anyone. And yeah. it's sort of like we made the cake, right? But we hadn't actually done any of the frosting on the top bits or the edges. <laughs> like we focused on all the middle bit and everything. Well, oh, we just well, completely didn't deal with it. And you well, know, right, we hadn't done any uh, yeah. tactical work on defence. Well, no, the big <laughs> obviously the big it. change is trying to get the players to be better in possession and know how uh, the yeah, attacking yeah. shape. And you know that's yeah, what they've yeah. been working on. You can see that in the training, right? Um, yeah. Can I just pick up briefly on the kind of Vicario bit on the ball a, a bit because I, I thought he was okay, um, and yeah, certainly an improvement on on Larice. Uh, on the ball and you know what one of the things he is doing is he's delaying the pass in order to invite a man on and then play through so to create the space for us to play out from so again I think that's something we we probably need to watch and just look at how that evolves I think he's clearly doing 
what he's been asked to do in terms of you know in possession. And I think yeah, I just think we need we need a bigger sample size, and yeah. you know pr- preferably with better players in front of him and and players who are used to each other. Um, so so that brings us actually back to something that we had asked before about like you know whether the postponement of the Leicester game is particularly important. I mean that does posit against what you've just said and and match it, which is we don't have our new central defender central defenders yet. So in a sense, we're not really losing any ground there, are we? In terms mm-hmm. of match practice, because as you said, he you know he played a game here with I think we would quite rightly assume is going to be one of the centre backs that's going to be in front of him. We certainly don't want to be starting the season uh, with with those you know with, with the defence we've got. I, I think in terms of build up play, if you look at the team that was selected tonight, and I think we'll come on to that, but you know, you've got, I think you've probably got three of the back four who he would want to start yeah. against uh, Brentford. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, probably the difference, you know, Hoybier was, it looked like Hoybier was starting at six rather than Basuma. And I think most of us are assuming that Hoybier is probably going to leave this summer. Um, but if you've got, you know, Basuma, Poro, Romero and Ud- Udogi uh, starting, and then plus one, in that, then I think you have got enough players there that you can build those relationships. And if you think about the role of those fullbacks, you've got the two centre backs. The fullbacks are, are coming into into midfield alongside Basuma, and those the reason for that is to create those those passing angles so we can play out and we can play through quickly and transition into building you know defence into attack. So I th- I think it would have been beneficial. Uh, even you know I think we're all assuming that Ben Davis isn't going to start at left centre back against Brentford, or at least hope not. I, but, I was- I was just, but, I was just. But I think, I think, <laughs> I, I think, I think there would have been benefit in that, and that's the kind of relationships yeah. that we do need to see. Um, whether we've done any training on defence between the West Ham game and today, who knows? I'm a natural optimist. You see, I'll find optimism but, in any in anything that goes wrong. I'll find but I have optimism. given you a nice segue into Doggy. You have, but you've now ruined it by telling me you give me a nice segue into a doggy, so I don't get it anymore. So Milo's give me a nice segue into a doggy, and so let's talk about a doggy. <laughs> he was excellent. He, I thought he had a really, really good yeah. second half. He's a natural for that inverted fullback position. Um, pace to burn, really exciting. Took his goal well. Um, yeah, really, really exciting. Yeah, how old is he? Twenty. Yeah, yeah. There's so much, so much promise and potential there, and he's already shown that he can be. You know, he's a great fit for that position, and and yeah, agreed. He took the goal well. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the easiest um, uh, chance by any, you know, by a long shot. So, um, so yeah, and and he seems he's uh, he's smiling. I like that he smiles a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you I, know, and he, and he he seems to already have a good camaraderie with it, with uh, other players in the squad. In a in a, in a sort of a flip for me, I'm going to hold off on the E word for a moment uh, because I think there's more to come from him. I thought he was very, very good and saw a lot of promise and I was really excited by the promise he showed, especially one of his 60 yard runs was, was, was you just saw, it was like a, it was like the proverbial um, hot knife through butter. I mean, it was just so easy for him. Um, I thought what was really very intriguing about his performance was how well he worked with Perisic. And that's another thing we'll get onto in a little, in a, in a moment. Um, you know, Perisic and him really worked well together, I thought. And, uh, you know, it was, and where he took his goal from, I mean, you know, really interesting. I mean, that's a, a drifting run across the near post and what a deft header. So the other thing I was really surprised by, because I, I haven't watched as much of him as uh, as Milo has and, and, and maybe you, Ram. I was very surprised at how much of an absolute unit he is. I mean, this is not a small gentleman. And I, I mean that in a very positive fashion. 
I'd he's imagine it's going to be hard to get off the ball. Yeah, I'd imagine you're very really looking forward to getting a close look at his calves this season, Steph. I know calves you... and thighs. <laughs> well, yeah. it was actually it was actually Serge's thighs that just just stuck to my stuck to my retinas at Tranmere that night. I couldn't believe it. I was taking pictures of them. It was just like they were stunning. Yes, I, I was, am interested in Milo. a. In a thigh comparison, <laughs> I am interested in a thigh comparison. Did I send you one of my thigh pictures of uh, of, of Aurier you, from that night? You've always that closely guarded your thigh scrapbook. You've never <laughs> never shared it. We know about it. Yeah. The power, yeah. the power of a footballer's it's, it's thighs. The haircut really, scrapbook you the, share willingly. Yeah, imagine I did that hair story for the Spurs magazine years ago. The censored. Imagine if I suggested a story on players' thighs over the years. <laughs> <laughs> Donna Cullen would have that. <laughs> It out, um, but yeah, no, very impressive. Uh, I mean, just yeah, I agree. An impressive start, and how promising. Yeah. And other than and learning, st- other than on. learning how to say his name this week, I've also learned yeah. that I've also learned that his first language is English. They spoke English at home when he was growing up, which I yeah, yeah, that's didn't actually really yeah, it's actually very interesting as well. And I wonder mm. how much of the I mean, that's that's those are the little details. Like when you're scouting players, they do make a huge difference. I mean, he's instantly able to communicate and so on. I will say this. I was also very impressed with, I've been given the impression that he was just going to be charging forward with almost reckless abandon. And that was not the case in this game. And that was maybe the most impressive element of his game was I looked at him. I'm like, you know what? You could trust him. You can trust mm. him to actually play as a left back sometimes, and not just you know in the Ange system a high left back. It was uh, that well, that was really caught my eyes. Like wow, he's very mature uh, for for his age and for his reputation. Mm. So I, I think we've we've got to the point now where we're we're going to get into those sort of like players that maybe surprised us a little bit and things that stood out uh, in terms of of performances. Um, so it's it's an open field. So whoever wants to put their hand up and dive in, do so. I'll um I'll put bring a couple of names into the mix. I'll bring uh Basuma and Kulisevsky in. Um, I thought uh Kulisevsky seemed a, more like his old self. Um, and I guess it goes to show that. You know when you when a, when he's play when a player is playing and he's kind of got the bit a bit of freedom to do what is natural to him. It really makes a difference. The little, little deft touches had come back and taking players on and getting past players. Um, and I thought Basuma was excellent. I th- I really thought I was like, yeah, this is a. Uh, that you know, there's been glimpses of the player we bought since we've bought him. Um, but obviously injuries and and not getting into the team as well hasn't helped. But um, he was great. You know, I thought he really marshaled that uh, midfield well, and you know, did he did I think he's he's been a really good fit um in into this system. Yeah, I'd agree on Basuma. I thought he was superb. I think he's probably the best player in the first half. Um, and yeah, I've mentioned Richarlison already. I mean, he seemed to be um fretting about kind of every missed opportunity, but um. I I hope it doesn't get to him because I thought actually, you know, in terms of his team performance and, and what he brought to the team, which I've already touched mm-hmm. on a bit, I thought was really, really positive. I'd really like to see Sun given a rollout in that number nine, uh, run out in that number nine position as well, because I think he'd be a natural for it and um, would probably be my first choice there. Um, I'll leave Lacelso for a moment because I know I know he's one that you want to touch on, Steph. I thought um, I thought Defiant did very well on the right in the second half Agreed. as well. I thought he had a, a, a good a good half, and I, I, it's a difficult one for me with uh, Defiant because obviously he's he's clearly talented enough to be uh, you know, a member of the first team squad, but because he's been held held back at the club and hasn't had those loans, I think he probably would benefit more from uh, a full season of 
a full season of football and, and go on loan somewhere. But it was a performance in the second half that made me think think about that a bit and, and wonder whether you know how many opportunities he'd get if he was if he was a member of the first team squad. I, on balance, I think I'd, I think it'd be better for his development to get a full season somewhere. But yeah, it did make me think. Yeah, I mean, there were two surprises uh, for me were seeing Ollie Skip so prominent in a number eight. And, and actually, I'm very unlucky with what was probably the best move of the game. I mean, he really, really got in there superbly and was very unlucky. I thought Keeper made a great save. Um, mm. And perhaps are, we know that he can play everywhere and we know that he's got it in his locker. But once again, we saw him effortlessly playing in that role and and I just thought he was really impressive really just looks so sure on the ball uh, and much like you're talking about divine milo you know you, you sort of do look and you think well he's either got to get a lot of opportunities and a lot of match time with us or maybe alone would be better for his development but I don't want to let him go I thought he was really good really I don't think good. I don't think we can afford to let him go um yeah I think one of the things we've got to look at with this squad is that we've got so if we take out uh, Udogi and Saar, so both of both of which are qualifiers under twenty one year old players this season, so they they don't have to be included in our twenty five man squad. So if we exclude those, we've got thirty first team squad members, um, yeah, plus those two. The maximum we can have in a, a Premier League squad is twenty five. So we've got to lose five immediately, and then on top of that, you know, then you're kind of one for one. So if we're bringing in a player, we've got to lose a player. So, you know, we know we need at least two central defenders. So that's kind of taken us down to seven leaving. If Hoybier leaves and we need to replace him, we're down to eight leaving. So, you know, we've got quite a lot of work to do still. And I think 25 is too many players when, we've only, when we're only in three competitions. Ideally, I think we need to get that down to, you know, 23, probably something like that. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of outgoing players we need. And this kind of ties back into the point I was making earlier on about the kind of the loss of friendlies means there's there's probably less chance to look at those fringe players and decide mm-hmm. whether they stay or go. So, yeah, it's. Um, but I think because of that, you know, Saar would be one that I would keep because he he, yeah, he fits the system well great. and played well. No, he fits, and he and again, you've got it's another Swiss Army knife player. He's, he he could be a six or an eight. I mean, he can play. I mean, he he's got everything in his locker. Very very impressive performance. Um, I I think the two. Biggest surprises in, you know, second, second biggest surprise first. Perisic looked like a player to me who has decided, I like what this manager is doing. If this manager has time for me, I would like to stay and be a part of this. Uh, that was the impression I got from his performance because he played, I think, an excellent half of football for us and was really important for Udoji in, in, in his second half. And I was very, very impressed with him. Uh, but again, it's, it's a different, you know, it's a more attacking role, right? And then we do get on to Gio Lo Celso, um, a player that I have, uh, you know, dismissed out of hand, actually, for the last two or three seasons and been quite appalled by what I saw as a lackadaisical attitude. Well, crikey. Uh, you know, fitting into everything that Milo was talking about in the second half of Charleston, leaving those little pockets of space. My word, he was dancing into those pockets, and and I mean, a malevolent presence, I think, uh, in in those little areas, and constant threat. Really nicely taken goal, and I just left uh, it left me wondering, okay. Could this be the first big surprise of the Ange Postacoglu player reclamation era? Is he going to be able to twist this player back around? I mean, does he want to? It feels like he does. Uh, and will the player respond? Uh, what do you think, chaps? I mean, I think the problem with that is is who's leaving instead. Because, you know, if we've got six midfield slots, Basuma's staying, Bentonker's staying, you'd assume Skip's staying, you'd assume Sars staying. So we think 
we've obviously got Madison who's staying. So we think Hoybier's off. So are we saying that we don't replace Hoybier, we keep Lacelso? I mean, I think there might be sense in that. Um but you know, realistically, that's probably his chance. You know, if if but we're being linked with other midfielders. You know, yeah, it, it's, it appears... it's fascinating. I mean, I like I, I like the idea of not replacing Hoybier simply on the basis of the fact we've got Skip and Saar who can both be you know sixes or eights if they need to be. So I, I like I like that idea. So, so, so can Lacelso. Lacelso played as a as a six yeah. for um, for PSG. Um, yeah, but we get the most out of him for, as an eight. For, for and that, he would love for that it. matter. For that matter, Madison's played as a six for Leicester before, but I don't think I don't think that'll be high up his um, uh, Angie's uh, list. But yeah, but you've touched on a really good point there, though, because it is the versatility and 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 the accent being on these midfielders that they must to be creative and to be attacking, and that fits the manager. So I mean, I think what you suggested there would work very well. All this contingent on Lacelso saying, "Okay, I'm in." Uh, Ram, what 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 do you think? Yeah, I, I mean. I think again, it goes back to that point of not having, you know, not being able to see these players in games, you know. So obviously, having this game um, postponed or or, or cancelled even um, means that we probably would have seen Lacelso again and maybe had a bit more of an informed decision about how he's going to fit in and whether he wants to fit in and things like that. You know, I think there is a. I think Lacelso is a player. He goes back to say Spain or something, and he'll be, he'll, you know, he'll he'll be decent. He'll be a good a very good solid player for whoever he goes to if he does go um but he he showed i mean he he you know he looked great he did look great um my worry would own, would be that you know we could we go okay well let's keep him there's a player there and then he he sort of re, we it reverts back to which i know wasn't helped by the systems he was playing in but it might revert back to the lacelso that we've seen before he went on yeah. his loans mm-hmm. um but there's there's a lot of unanswered questions there basically so um it's kind of like un, until we we can't we we're not yeah you know, i think after the last few seasons i'm almost wary of kind of making Smart. any kind of yeah good for you yeah. <laughs> you know getting too hi- hi- um hyperbolic about stuff or um yeah. uh yeah, yeah or, teach me uh, obi-wan yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't we give, give it a couple I of weeks and I'll, you know we'll have won the league in a couple of weeks in my head so <laughs> it was a performance where i was looking at it thinking yeah we're, we're linked with conor gallagher to replace hoybier that seems to be the player we're most yeah. interested in and mm. i was watching it thinking is Conor Gallagher better than this? And you know, he's younger than this, but I'm not sure in terms of kind of immediate impact. But, you know, both of those players you you talk about there, Steph, I think both Perisic and, and Lo Celso were led to believe want to leave. Yeah. And I, so, you know, it's exactly. all... So, um, you know, I, I'm not quite as good at looking into their eyes and trying to read their minds <laughs> as you, Steph. Wow. Oh, look, I mean, the, the, the practical side of me says that Lo Celso is playing for his move and making sure he gets it. Um, that, but just the sheer um, productivity of that of that performance suggested to me, wow, he could do a job for us, and he's our player. And if Ange wants him, he should bloody well be made to do the job for us. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with both. I think Perisic is a, is a good fit for those wide positions. He could play, you know, off the bench. He could play either side. He's very, very happy sticking to the line, which is what we want. And we haven't got many wide players who do want to stick to the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're chasing a game with you know 20 minutes to go, he's really dangerous. He's really yeah. dangerous. If he was happy to stay around and be a you know a last twenty minute player, I'd imagine we'd bring him on most games. I mean, for all the disappointment people felt in his performances last season, we must remember he had a ton of assists. So let's see. I mean, as as we're all saying, it, it, who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, those are those are all uh, intriguing points, aren't they? And I think uh, let's should we look at these uh, the proposed lineups uh, for today? You said something that I did not know, 
well, I mean, you said a few things in your life that I don't know, Milo, actually, I must confess. Only a few, mind. I know most of them. Um, but So, no, <laughs> these, these lineups... <laughs> oh, I can't remember now. I don't was know. It gonna play 60, <laughs> was it that they were going to play 60 minutes? That's it. That's exactly yeah. what it was. No, I remembered that. I had remembered that. That was it, and I didn't know that. I didn't know that, that, that he was kind of starting to tilt the balance. So we're talking about... I mean, I'm talking about Lo Celso, and, and you're saying, you know, I should look... At, uh, maybe I'm good at looking in his eyes. Well, well, patently not, because he's in the second side we say he's in the he's in the 40 minute side so maybe andrew already knows something that i don't fancy that the manager knows something that that i don't wow what a shock i mean i I don't (laughs) think anyone i don't think anyone was suggesting that he ought to be a starter off the back of the west ham performance and maybe you know as a squad player as a rotation option i think it'd be great but should we just read through that that starting 11 that we had so vicario poro romero davis udogi madison hoybier basuma kolosevsky kane son so and I think that's with Davis for new left centre back, and you know, question mark is Hoybier sold in the next three weeks? Um, other than that, I think that's probably the starting lineup we see against mm. Brentford. Let, let's talk about that lineup for just a moment, chaps. Especially in light of what Milo was saying earlier about the tactical uh, deployment of, of Kane Ram. I mean, I think it throws up some very, very interesting uh, questions. I think if you put Benton Curran in place of Hoybier, I think that essentially stops Kane from having to or or being you know being told to come further mm. back. Yeah, because I think Benton Core is is such a good link between that kind of midfield into attack, and you know, and he can write, he can run with the ball as well. And I think I think him finding Kane or finding the you know finding the channels. Um, could stop Kane from <laughs> take you know crowding up that midfield. I yeah, I don't think that's the case. I think Kane's instinct is to come towards the ball. He's not a run in, in behind striker anymore. Um so I think you know we could tell him to stay up there, stay on the shoulder of the last defender. You know, he could do that, but you're not getting the best out of Kane. And uh, you know what you could do is you could use Sun to try and do that, but it's it's a lot more difficult to do that from a wide position. Um and I mean I I'd quite like to see Kane as an eight in this team, to be honest with you. I'd quite like to see Kane with Sun in front of him. It's what we've seen effectively, you know, in terms of over the last three, four years, that is effectively what how they've played. Um but it's a it's a bold call and I think people would struggle to understand what we were trying to do if we did that. But well, I think I think that would be I, the best way of using them. I think it's really interesting in a more holistic sense. You, you, you know those moments where uh, if any of you uh, have had a particular type of hallucinogen where you kind of float above yourself and you're looking down at the whole situation. I feel this is one of those moments in the Harry Kane Tottenham Hotspur um you know circumference because I am seeing a future where and Ange Postacoglu's side can operate very well without Harry. It'll be a different Tottenham Hotspur. No, I know. You've been saying that for yeah. ages. I know. But I'm saying um, in general for our listeners, don't worry. You're not going to lose credit. You get your credit check. Go on. You can wave your arm. He's, Milo's been saying Especially, but, uh, but especially I think with it, Mbappe being in the lineup. I think. Well, and of course, we'll get on to that in a minute. That that's, <laughs> that surefire um, signing will make if Harry goes to Bavaria um but uh it just you can if but it's gonna take such a massive wave of conscience for everyone to see it uh but it does make sense doesn't it especially with Bentoncourt in there and especially with with you know Decky and Madison and you got Richarlison or Son as your nine I mean it does make sense so I mean basically what it leads to is either way Ange Postacoglu has given us a lot of hope 
I think, for, mm. for the future. It's just now the fans have to do that sort of... I'm not suggesting that you take hallucinogenics. I'm suggesting that you just kind of sit above it all and look down and relax <laughs> a little bit. It's okay. Well, the transfer window is certainly a bit of a trip, isn't it? With um... <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think one of the things that I found most interesting with this lineup, and firstly that he's been bold enough to go for Poro and Udogi in the same same starting lineup, mm. I think a lot of people would have doubted that and probably expected him to do uh, one defensive fullback, one attacking fullback. He hasn't done that. I mean, obviously they're not bombing down the wing; they're moving into midfield until we've got settled play and then joining the attack. Um, but it's bold, um, and I think the other one is Hoybier. I mean, training, he was playing as a six with Basuma in front of him. I think part of that is to look at how Basuma plays in that as an eight. Um, you know, it's a position that he played for, for Brighton, like a lot of our uh, midfielders. They can both do, they can do both roles. And I think he probably wanted to have a look at that to see, to get an idea about, um, what possible replacements we might need for Hoybier. So again, maybe that's another thing that we've lost from not having the game today. The, the opportunity to experiment with sixes and eights and do a little bit of future planning. It's all intriguing. Can I just pick up one thing actually briefly and say, you know, we're talking about the game today being a, you know, the starting lineup being a 60 minute. Um, it ties in quite nicely with, you know, how he's training. So his training sessions typically last 60 or 70 minutes um, because that's how long the ball's in play during a game. And he doesn't stop. There was a lovely bit with, um, in the training video that was released, I think it was yesterday, where they're doing uh, one-touch passing and he's he's shouting at them, don't slow down, don't slow down. And I think at Celtic, his mantra was, we never stop, um, which was caught on, mm. on video. So they, they go flat out for 60, 70 minutes. And if you yeah. compare that to Conte, where it was constantly stopped and they worked on it again and they stop and they mm. work on it again and they work on it again and they work and like and the very very long training sessions and they've gone to sharp like short high intensity training and right. yeah so don't slow down that's that's going to be our motto for this season I think I approve um, uh, Orange oh, yeah. Theory uh, my local Orange Theory recently had a jersey day where you could wear your jersey i of course uh rocked up in my new home shirt with my name and uh a number 10 on the back and we didn't stop for 60 minutes and i sweated that thing to death so i approve <laughs> i don't know I, I don't think i'm uh, you know going to put myself up as a cane replacement and maybe you <laughs> should cut i this. thought that's what you're this angling is, this is just shame <laughs> this is me shamelessly telling people i exercise hard for 60 minutes in a spurs shirt which is reason enough to move on isn't it if we've got to that point of the pod where i'm putting bits in that i know milo won't cut <laughs> because He's like, sod this. I've got to be in Leeds tomorrow at fucking like 9am or whatever. I'll just leave it in. <laughs> anyway, that being said, uh, the week that was ticket price increases. Well, we know about these, right? And at the fab meeting a couple of weeks ago, uh, it turned out uh, possibly not to be as fab as we hoped because our reps were unanimous in their opposition to the ticket price increases. Uh, and there was an action for Donna Marie Cullen to discuss fab feedback and request a review with the club board Uh, the fab minutes have now been updated with the following the board has confirmed the rise in match day ticket prices match day ticket prices have been frozen since we opened the stadium over four years ago despite significant costs in our supplier chains and high inflation the club continues to absorb the majority of these cost rises how nice of them well done all of you um it's it's just so disappointing right but are we are we actually surprised uh no when i first read the minutes i wasn't expecting the club to come back and and do this i mean i think that's you know when we talked about um the price rises and you know the establishment of fab or the first meeting of fab um 
a couple of weeks ago we were saying actually that you know how awful that timing was and you know that going into that first meeting um, but the fact that the, the club decided to announce it before that meeting gave a pretty clear indication of um, <laughs> of what they were doing. I, what I what I hope though is that that isn't a pattern going on because I think all of us um, pro, you know were, were concerned that this is going to be something that the club played lip service to and don't take seriously and don't don't engage with the fans properly, which has been you know I think one of the major criticisms you know fair criticism of our board for a long time, and this is an opportunity to reset that and actually listen to the fans. Um, and I hope this isn't a sign that they're not going to, and there's going to be business as usual from them. Mm. I think. Well, that's the thing. I th- I think just just to play like an unwilling devil's advocate on the actual decision to uh you know put up the prices you can't do that you can't do that (laughs) slate the boards (laughs) underscore unwilling there you're you're playing a role right now am i correct (laughs) yes yes very very much ram is playing a role everyone if we were to look at any other business that uh you know was kind of saying we haven't raised prices in, in four years um, now, because of uh, the rising costs and inflation and things like that, we now have decided that now is the time where we do have to do that. I think most people would kind of that that it would be understood that that's like a fair decision, you know, based on the fact that prices haven't risen in four years. However, as usual, the club has been very obtuse in the way that they've decided to undertake this price rise, which I think for me as a season ticket holder causes more annoyance and alarm and you know and as you guys have mentioned it's it's just not a very uh it's, it's a very uh unempathetic way of kind of which we, which has now become unfortunately a bit synonymous with the club in terms of how they deal with stuff like that um and i think with the price rises i think they could have done more around the fact of like well we'll have like you know so i know we're not in europe this season but you know maybe um for cup games there'll be you know uh some sort of concessions there more so than there normally would have been or you know kind of ticket bundles or, or something to kind of yes. soften that blow because we're all suffering you know and, and we're all suffering from inflation and 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 high prices and but i understand tottenham hotspur is a business so i understand the decision i just wish that they didn't treat us so much like with so much disdain you know no 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 you 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 make an excellent point and it is an extension of something that we were saying last week which is look you know the world is in an economic uh, i won't quite say free fall but there's certainly a lot of people who are getting hit and are suffering and i think the biggest concern about their continual inability to understand the fan to club to economic Mm. relationship is they are going to cut us off from generations Mm. of new fans and they cannot be allowed to let that happen it cannot be allowed to happen because Mm. as we said in the last pod you know the elderly and the kids in a stadium are part of a really important chain and train of events that continue to keep this football club uh, what it is and if they are going to cut this off um, you know, with such a sort of cold, almost bot-like attitude, they are really committing, I think, an egregious sin. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I mean, personally speaking, I'm very, very happy to subsidise RAM. I mean, this is, you know, as members, I think, you know, it's our duty to... <laughs> to do that and um, you know more power to you and, and the season ticket holders and you know me and the the, the plebe members are quite happy to you know, chip in, chip in <laughs> a bit worry. more 
And you, I, I appreciate it, but don't worry, we'll have our comeuppance next season. <laughs> but, but, but seriously, on that, I, I think that the, again, I'm, I agree with you on packages. I'm really surprised they don't do. I mean, you know, a friend of mine said to me that, like, you know, why would they? The stadium's full, and it's like, oh, I, I get that, but you know, think about your future. Think about our yeah. future. Get yeah. kids in you know put put aside 500 seats a match for packages mm. involving kids we talked about this I, uh, before i think if you're yeah. doing that i think if you're doing that it's more likely to be in the cups and probably the league cup i mean the league cup starts earlier this season doesn't it and yeah. you know yeah i mean the, you maybe you could sell i mean the problem is you, you don't know how many cup games you're going to get do you um yeah but, but maybe, if they, yeah. maybe you could bundle those yeah i mean honestly if they if our first league cup game that you know they put regardless of who it is if if i see tickets going for like 55 60 quid for the first our first round of the league cup i mean that would just that it's, is just yeah i mean it's not going to be anyone big because no one playing in europe is is in it are they yeah. so i mean you know we might <laughs> might get i don't know Leighton orient watford mm-hmm. chelsea you know someone really shitty <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I think, uh, yeah. So, look, good luck to Fab. And, and, and th- look, this pod supports everything that Fab is about and, and, and long. This is the beginning of their journey. Uh, and we hope that they do get some serious uh, traction and respect in the future. And we will most certainly be supporting them in any move they have towards that. So, yeah, good on, good on them for speaking up as well. So, I've read the minutes, it's yes. worth reading them. Yeah. And, um, yes. you know, they, they did. I th- you know, I think they represented us well. It's yes. you know, it's not their fault if the club don't listen. As you said, it yeah. was a fade complete, totally. and let's hope that doesn't happen again. Whereby they yeah. announce something that they're not going to reverse. I think uh, I think you both said that. So, anyway, um, shall I continue to read the news, or do you want to? Go on, no, you're doing like... a fantastic job, Steph. Okay. You crack on, mate. Okay, Crystal Palace, uh, the racist abuse that happened at Crystal Palace, South Korea last season. That is South Korean football journalist Sungmo Lee has reported that Crystal Palace have identified and banned the person who racially abused Sonny back in May. So always a, a great thing when an abuser is identified and punished, as they should be. And I know there's, not, there's an ongoing police investigation as well, so hopefully... Um, great. Um, yeah. yeah, hopefully that, 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 that does the job as well. Uh, so the transfer rumours, uh, let's... <laughs> Let's kick off by group. You're right. With a couple of nonsense rumours uh, for no other reason to give ourselves something to laugh at. Um, and Marker uh, says that we have inquired about Kylian Mbappe and Sky Sports have reported that Saudi side Al-Hilal have held talks with an intermediary about the possibility of signing Harry Kane. Uh, we were going to move swiftly on, but uh, Ram and I want to have a giggle about this, and I think Milo's going to join us. Come on, Ram. What were your first <laughs> thoughts when you saw that we were interested in killing, and indeed have inquired about killing Mbappe? I just I just wanted to be a fly on the wall when he told Levy his weekly wage demands. Yeah. That would have been, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, I, oh, you heard be, that they were spotted in a diner in Chingford then? You heard they that? They were, yeah. Okay. No, no, that that, yeah. that, that, that actually happened. And um, <laughs> Leandro was there as the intermediary. I've got to disappoint you because I think it was a couple of years ago that um, Mbappe did an interview with um, Tom Holland and told him that he would never join Spurs in that interview. Yeah. So, you know, if he's told Spider-Man that, then it ain't, it's, you know, it's not happening. Don't don't get your hopes <laughs> up. I don't, oh, think, I the, I don't, think, I don't yeah. think Marker have picked up on that and... Um, and gone terrible with the Spider-Man, reporting. Spider-Man angle. That's terrible reporting no. to miss that detail. Yeah. Um, but so are we? Yeah. Are we saying? So we're officially saying this is this season's. Uh, what is it? Damiao? No, no, it's blue, not. No, it's Rivaldo, not. No, it's not. Rivaldo. No, it's, a, not. Rivaldo no, it's letter. not. No, it's not because it's just some <laughs> shit to fill some space. 
it is, isn't it? But who on earth came up with this? So, I mean, I mean, what? It's unbelievable. Inquired about killing. I mean, that could have been anyone. That could have been like someone, you know, at the club saying, "Well, I wonder if that killing Mbappe had joined Spurs." Anyway, you're right. Ridiculous. But uh, I had a good laugh thinking about it and trying to fit him in our team for five minutes. Yeah. And, you know, fantasy football and all that. But anyway, and of course, you know, we can immediately see that Harry Kane's interest in Al Hilal is going to be concrete. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And as a matter Absolutely. of fact, think, this pod can go think, on record as saying we believe that that deal will happen. Yeah. I think the Bayern, <laughs> the, the Bayern rumour is the nonsense, really. That was just the kind of filler. <laughs> the smoke screen. To get this one. Yeah, to get this <laughs> over the line. <laughs> oh, it's ludicrous. Yeah. By the way, I will just say this. All those mentions of his of, of Mrs. Kane in Germany. and oh, I mean, it's just getting, it is getting absolutely mental. And then you've yeah. got people saying, well, there are no photos. <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone at a restaurant that looked like Harry Kane until he stood up and spoke German and was three inches shorter. That's another one yeah. I read. Ludicrous. <laughs> anyway, okay, Ashley, we've we've had our we've had our pound of flesh out of that rubbish. Um, Ashley Phillips. Uh, early last week, it looked like a deal for Blackburn Rovers twenty-year-old centre back Ashley Phillips was all but done. But since then, there have been reports of the fee going up, and other clubs, including Liverpool, tried to hijack the deal. Uh, one line that I read was that we were apparently flabbergasted. That was the word used at the uh, valuation of uh, Phillips by Blackburn Rovers. Anyone? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there were, you know, two, three million um, fees were being talked about when it was first linked. I think um, I think most of the papers are saying it's kind of five going up to 10 with, um, you know, add-ons. It's being talked about. I mean, he's 18. He, he played a handful of games for Blackburn last year, but, you know, it wasn't a regular for them by any stretch. And I think um, he's likely to be playing most of his football in the, in the under twenty ones. If we can, you know, I, I don't know. There's not that much space between three million and five million. Is there? If you can meet halfway and you still have the other add-ons, then maybe there's a deal to be done. He's meant to be very good. He's you know, he's good in good in possession and tall. Um, yeah, I mean, if if you've got him, then we've got two central defenders in the under twenty ones who've played football. You know, played in the football league, which isn't a bad mm. bad place to be. So yeah, I, I hope he gets done because he looks pretty decent. But um, yeah. Uh, Tangian Dombele um, is apparently, uh, you know, he's been linked with Galatasaray uh, and the Turkish press are reporting that uh, said Galatasaray have had an 8 million euro bid for him rejected and that Fenerbahce are also interested. I mean, it sort of ties into what you were saying, doesn't it, Milo, that he might be one of the sort of most unfortunate victims of this entire sort of pre-season in the sense of he's not really had a chance to to show the manager what he can do and it might be too late. Yeah, I mean, I think he had to have a really, really good tour really to stand a chance. Uh, you know, he, when you know, we got a glimpse of kind of the intensity that we're looking to press it, uh, press with uh, in the West Ham game and and also the um, kind of positional uh, discipline. So, you know, all those players have got you know, set places to be. They've, you know, it's, it's not a free-for-all. It's not... Um, you know, it's not do what you want. You've you've got to be very very disciplined and and you know, intense and and work really hard. And you know, if you take Matt James Madison out of that side and put uh, Tange in there, and then you 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 think about you know, what I was talking earlier on about when we're defending in a four four two and the the two forward players, which one would be Kane and and and, and Dembele going up and pressing the centre backs. That doesn't. That's not. Uh, an underbelly I've ever seen. Um, so he just doesn't feel, you know, whilst he's got the skill on the ball and he'd be great drifting into the half spaces and, you know, what he could do around the edge of the area, the rest of the stuff that's required and, you know, doing the, you know, that, you would do, you know, don't slow down, don't slow down, you know, <laughs> that doesn't fit so well and I just can't see it. And I think he needed a really strong tour uh, in order to try and show that he could. 
Mm. He could have done with a couple of Orange Theory sessions with me. That would have got him. Don't slow down. Don't slow down. He might have had more uh, better preseason. Anyway, I'll move I th- on th- from that really I mean, I th- terrible joke. <laughs> I, I, th- I think he was really unlucky to get get the injury just before that West Ham game. You know, it was, it was in yeah, training. Yeah. Um, you know, so someone slid into him and, and uh, took his legs out. And you know, he would have been playing in that in that West Ham game. He Is would that have what happened? Yeah. Yeah, who was it? Who who took him out? I don't know. No, it wasn't. It wasn't malicious or anything. It was just just a training accident. But um, it was his. uh, It was his French teammate um, Mbappe (laughs) on a secret side mission. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You are you're convinced, aren't you? Oh yeah, I've already got the name on the back of the shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very good. Well, you'll have to reveal to us next week what number he's getting. Uh, is it a 10? Anyway, Davinson Sanchez. The Express's Ryan Taylor has reported that Real Betis, Strasbourg, Galatasaray, Spartak Moscow, Fenerbahce and Villarreal have all inquired about Davinson Sanchez and he is ex- expected, he is expected to leave in the next few weeks for a fee between 10 to thirteen million pounds. So to everyone who ever said he's crap, I think when six clubs are coming in for you, it shows you've got something. And uh, the best of luck to him. And let's be fair, I think we would all, I think we're all in agreement. It's time for him to continue his adventures elsewhere and 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 hopefully reclaim um, some fun in his football because it doesn't look like he's been having much fun with us. And so good luck mm. to him, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think more importantly, he's decided that he needs to go somewhere else as well. I mean, that's yeah. that's all yeah. the noises. So um, yeah. great, yeah. Good deal for all, and uh, he will uh, end up at one of those six clubs. Crikey, we're at the end. We've done it. <laughs> Thanks, chaps. Just that so. was fun. Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be back next week to talk about our friendly against Lion City Sailors. What a great name that is! I wonder what their crest is. I'm going to have to look that up. You'll be buying a shirt, we'll won't also, you? You'll be yeah, buying a I shirt prob- on Wednesday. Oh, probably <laughs> will. You know, you you know, you're not wrong. And what if we're, we're talking about the game against Lion City Sailors and whatever else has been happening in the Spursiverse? And let's face it, who knows what that will be? But anyway, thank you very much as always for joining us, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>